0: You are listening to the Converge Media Network, uplifting our voices.
1: Welcome, welcome everybody to the Morning Update Show. Happy Monday to you. I'm your co host, Trey Holiday. And of course, we got another great show for you today. Always a great time when I get to spend some time with my co host with the most big O. Big O, what's going on? Happy Monday, my friend.
0: Trey Holiday, happy Monday to you. How are you today?
1: I'm doing well. Can I complain over here? How about you?
0: I'm doing all right. You know, it's like, it's, it's old school over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> we will not realize morning update show highly scalable. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> From all, all the, No, like all, all the different ways we presented the morning update show. Today, we've got a little bit of cabling going on in the, in the studio. So we're able to give Salman our director, some time off the morning update show. We taking it back to the old school. You know what I'm saying? Be and you on the laptops in the morning update show.
1: Absolutely, always finding ways to make it work and bring this message to the people. So I'm so glad that we do have all the various ways that we can continue in our work here.
0: Yeah, now you know I tell people, I'm like, yo, man, don't get it twisted. We'll pop out on the street with the iPhone. The show right. will keep rolling. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like <laughs> this is it's, it's one thing. Sure. Before we jump in, everything though, man, how was your weekend, Trey?
1: I had a pretty busy weekend, honestly. I mean, lots of stuff with the family, uh, lots of time with the fam. You know, I think it's so important for us to be able to utilize our time, you know, especially with folks like yourself and myself. You know, we're always so busy. And so I was able to take some time with the family today. Definitely got up with uh, Drew Hawley, a new filmmaker. With Black Ball Films, there was a a release of the Buffalo Soldiers film. A lot of information embedded in that film, things I did not know. So I learned a lot over the weekend, you know, being in in community and also being with family.
0: What about you? I didn't do nothing.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's nice.
0: That's what people want to hear. What what, what it, it O oh, do people what people actually like to hear this like, man, I ain't do nothing. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, but nah, but actually, no, nah, I, I stay I stay pretty busy in that. We went to the Mariners game on on Friday, which was like, yo, this was it was it was amazing. Like <laughs> amazing, amazing, right? And then you know, the Ms picked up the dub. And then the next day, I went to a Mariners game again with Acacia, with my daughter. And she's the biggest Mariners fan in our family. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? And so we went again. So two out of three days there at the ballpark. So it was pretty dope.
1: Nice. Nice. Look, like one of your favorite places to be. Oh, I'm, I'm glad oh, to hear it. <laughs> yeah,
0: that, my, my favorite, favorite place to be. Like, everything is okay now because baseball season... Is is back. You know what I'm saying? Like everything is gonna be all right. You know, I've been struggling to get to this point, but now that baseball season is back, Big O is gonna be okay. I can see the light at the end of the tunnel, trail Holiday.
1: Right on, right on. I never, I never knew there was a bigger fan in your family than you. The way that you represent the ends, love hearing that from Acacia. <laughs>
0: These kids are generational. But, all right, so we got a few things today. We actually, we have a shorter show. We got some stuff going on in the studio, so me and Trey Holiday have to attend to that here in a bit. But we want to cover a few things for you today. Man, it was a really big moment, and we'll get into that with um, Baseball Beyond Borders and Buki Gates. They were honored by the Seattle Mariners. Buki Gates won the very first Seattle Mariners Hometown All-Star Award. And of course we were there. We captured the moment. You know what I'm saying? It was my first time being on the field as a credentialed member of the press. So it was a big moment all the way around. So we talk a little bit about that. And then also the, the Pew Pew Research Center put out some research. You know, we've been talking about all these polls. We're like, man, ain't nothing in there for black folk. You know what I'm saying? The wordy and nerdy Kevin Schofield, although he's, he's left the mainstream, he's, he's still keeping the, uh, the pilot light burning. And uh, I think he heard us, man. So he sent us some research over from uh, the Pew Research Center. So we'll talk about a little bit of that, too. You ready to get things going? You know it. All right. So I'm also directing today, everybody. You know what I'm saying? We gave some. <laughs> so something's best up here is something. <laughs> let, let me go to solo screen here. Here we go. All right, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the Morning Update show. I want to remind you that right now with the lower third tied out <laughs> right now like trace are laughing in the back <laughs> right now is a perfect time for you to tag and share the stream go ahead and tag and share this stream with people you feel would appreciate culturally relevant news and information emanating from right here in the emerald city want to give a big shout out to our partners kbcs 91.3 over at bellevue college and also the south seattle emerald in the building Man, you can listen to the Morning Update show anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. We're always pushing SoundCloud around here. But, you know, you can also check out uh, Google, Spotify, iTunes, anywhere that you listen to your favorite podcast. All you have to do is search Converge Media Network and you can hear all of our shows. And by the way, Trey, people can also hear um, Feel Good Friday.
1: Yeah, yeah, thank you so much to our podcast team. Uh, we so appreciate you over there keeping our podcast alive and well. For those who aren't able to actually watch us, I love that we have multiple formats, man, to keep these messages in the airwaves.
0: Come on, man, the format is probably man. I forgot how comfortable these shows used to be back in the day, <laughs> right. you know. So, if you guys don't know, it's like I, it was me and Trey Holiday, I think it was six weeks or seven weeks. That this, this is how we greeted you guys every day. A lot of you guys might have forgot because, you know what I'm saying, we're in the studio and everything else. But in between studios, and actually we had the other studio, but I think that it was the it was the internet. Yeah. We were waiting. We were waiting six weeks because we needed a special connection or whatever. And so we were doing like this. This is very comfortable, my friend.
1: It is. I mean, I'm telling you. It, look, we it's not going to stop us, whatever's going on. <laughs> here
0: find a way. That's what I love here. I'm just worried about going to sleep on air. <laughs> 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 you know what I'm saying? Hey, right now is a part show where we always want to. Uh, um, Acknowledge and uplift Hereforuswa.org Hereforuswa.org We'll see if I can put a link In the comments over here But man, culturally relevant And culturally curated information For those in our community Especially those who might be vaccine hesitant Get more information about the vaccine And you know, I'll be honest with you Trey Holiday I was talking to Christina Brodick Over there at Public Health um, Seattle, King County and what I talked to her about was like, well, boosters, I mean, vaccine, you know, I think we're we're reaching that point. We're going to continue to give information for people who, you know what I'm saying, are hesitant about the vaccine. And we should continue with that. But I think the big issue is the booster. Because almost everybody I know got the vaccine, and they're like, booster, booster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And they're keeping it pushing. And so it's like, I, I don't know, like, you know, how important the booster is. I mean, we got professionals who can tell us that. But when I was talking to public health, I was like, yo, man, this booster might be the thing. Because I don't know anybody who's waiting got the booster shot, I'll be honest with you.
1: Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. This is a really great topic of discussion. I mean, this is why I love that we keep pushing the HereForUsWa.org campaign. And you are right. Oh, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, there was uh, this initial, um, you know, surge for people to protect themselves and protect their families with the vaccines. But then, you know, as people that had the vaccines started to catch COVID, I think it really did not. Uh, literally boast well for the booster, right? It was like, um, you know, you can have the booster, you can have all these shots and still catch COVID and still bring that level of kind of, you know, unsafety, you know, or, you know, unhealthiness to your family. And so I think that the idea of the booster just kind of really fell flat for a lot of people in our community, because the original thing was, was, hey, I don't want, you know, to get my my family sick. I want to be around my elders. You know, I want to make sure that I'm doing what I can to keep people safe. But as we started to see that those cases, it didn't matter if you had the booster or whatever. And I, and I know we've heard about this before because the main argument here is that if you do have the vaccine and you have your boosters, you likely could catch COVID, but it won't be as severe and you more than likely will not die from it. So I understand that that death piece is still there, but maybe it just wasn't enough for, uh, you know, many people to get the booster. I know I'll be honest and open and say I kind of felt like that. I was like, well, you know, vaccine, OK, but I didn't necessarily go for the booster. And, and, you know, I don't know, as we're seeing a lot of these things change and a lot of people that have all of this stuff still catch COVID. It makes it a tougher argument for me when it comes to the booster.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. and I mean, even looking in the comments, D-Hib. Darn it, darn, <laughs> let me put this up here. D-Hib. No yeah. booster for me.
1: No oh, booster me. for me. I feel you.
0: You know, you know what I'm saying? I think, oh, this is teach. Now, you know, it's my elementary school teacher. So I, Look I, at
1: that. Double boosted. Double ah. boosted.
0: Will take anything that that comes along. Don't want to get sick or sick or all right, so that's my teacher right there. Um, hold on, let's ooh, let's see here. Um, our whole house that could get boosted. We have a member with asthma.
1: Mm, mm, there something. it is. That's
0: something <laughs> we don't think about right there is as well as is like, you know, the booster very well keeping you from getting sick and passing it on to someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but I think like I, I clearly I was was on to something there than than talking in public health the other day, because I was like, man, you know, I'm, I don't know anybody who's got the booster shot, <laughs> you know, because people tell you like, man, I got the vaccine. And a lot of times if you're an employer, if you work with people, they're like, bro, I'm not going to be in tomorrow. You know, I got to get my booster. I got to get this that, I got to blah, blah, blah. I be talking to a lot of people and they're like, yo, man, I ain't even want to get the vaccine, bro. Yeah. I only got the vaccine because it was my job was stripping. And so now they want me to get the booster. I'm good. And like, I understand that chain of thought, but it's like, you know, and this is why I was reaching out with to public health, because I'm like, yo man, if there's a flip side of this. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? From public health category. And we know like the messaging with, with DOH and their category on it and pub, but public health, a lot of times because we are on the street level, they have their own messaging as well. And so really want to see what public health is saying in regards to people actually getting the booster.
1: Yeah, I would be interested to hear, you know, what are the main points? I think, you know, again, there was this initial kind of it wasn't fear mongering because people were dying of COVID, obviously. But I think we've seen that when we when we talk to people, um, you know, that have been hesitant towards any of it. They're just like, man, I just wanted to watch this stuff play out. You know, a lot of people talked about it being too new, not being sure what it was, not appreciating this kind of um, tactic around, you know, hey, if you don't have your vaccine, you can't go here. You can't do this or you can't do that. So those restrictions also played into it. It would be interesting to see to hear from public health perspective. You know, what is the main issue with people getting the booster and how does it actually protect, you know, families more than just being vaccinated or more than being unvaccinated at all? I think understanding some of the, that data may really help to, you know, put more uh, when it comes to more emphasis on on the case of the booster. But you're right. Oh, I, I'd be interested to hear what they have, you know, right now in their works. It's been now quite some time. So maybe there's more data that they have that we could learn from.
0: Yeah, no, and I hear you. And you know, like I said, I think that the the other issue that we face around the booster is that with the booster, they keep saying you need more boosters. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. So it's like, yeah, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> uh, man. I, It'd be different if it was like, yo, here's this one thing, bam, bam, got you, bam, bam. <laughs> like, yo, the booster game, be changing family. And it'd be like, yo, oh, there's one, and there's two, and there's four. And so, like, really, to be honest with you, people in the public health space, reach out to public health Dr. Duchin. Yeah, we be reaching out to Dr. Yeah. That's our guy. We're going to have him on the show. But you know what I'm saying? Dr. Duchin he be ready to come on here and ready to talk. So we're going to have Dr. Duchin on here as well. So that's a good suggestion. He's been on plenty of times. Dr. Duchin loves converge. But, like, I think with the people in the public health space, they got it bad, man, because it's like instead of communicating, like, this is a rapidly moving target and mm-hmm. we don't know everything and information might change, a lot of this stuff come out of D.C. sounding hella official. They're like, oh, word, new books one booster, we good, and so like it's the government, and then a few months later, it's oh, psych, two <laughs> booster, three, you know. But if you just set an expectation with the public, they're like, man, this thing's rapidly changing, and we yeah. really don't know. But this is our best information. You don't know, talk to Doctor Duchin about that.
1: You know, I agree a hundred percent. I think there hasn't been enough of that transparency, which really aids in hesitancy for all of it in general. I think there's a lot of folks out there that are like, look, you know, we already don't trust government. They haven't been upfront with us about a bunch of other things in our history, about a bunch of other ways that this stuff has, you know, kind of played out. And I think it's important that we recognize that as well. And, you know, it would have been great for them to say, you guys, we are trying to figure it out. This is new. We don't really know. Uh, We think that this will be more helpful in terms of, you know, securing your health. But we don't even have the statistics really to showcase how much more helpful it may be, and we can't really tell you that. However, you know this is what we have right now, and roll it out as you get it instead of, like you said, oh, making things sound super official and then coming back and having to kind of backtrack or add to that or whatever. It it, it doesn't really sit well, I think, with many in the public.
0: Yeah, look, so this is my dad. here. He's coming. Great show. Yeah, thanks, Dad. It was a great show. You know what I'm saying? Appreciate you. Yes, one more shot. Is this is what I'm saying. It's like, you know, for our, for our elders, for our seniors. Not calling you an elder, Dad, or a senior. You know, we good. <laughs> but for our elders and our seniors. You silly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, you know, it's communication. Anyways, I won't go on and on on the, on the whole COVID talk, but I'm just saying that it's like, you know, I mean it, it really is a lot of times the goal line keeps shifting. And yeah. yes, there's the vaccine goal line, I think is pretty set steady. You're either gonna get the vaccine or you're not. But the thing is, is that the booster shot definitely keeps changing. Do you need one? Do you need two? Do you need three? So, you know, we'll follow it up and uh see where they go from there.
1: Yeah, you make great points. Oh, I'm excited to follow that up.
0: All right. So uh, which one is coming to an end pretty soon, Trey Holiday? Yes.
1: Project yeah. grants right here from Four Culture. Uh, project grants around arts preservation and heritage. And, you know, it's coming up this week, you guys, April 20th is the deadline. If you know of artists out there or you yourself or an artist who wants to do a project around arts preservation or heritage, check out their uh, website at For Culture and you guys will be able to see the parameters for each one of those segments. Um, you know, the idea is that they have different amounts of funding to go into each sector, but they are intentional. Again, they've given a lot of lead time on this. So I'm really, uh, you know, hope that you guys are inspired and encouraged to take this opportunity that 4Culture is offering with regard to this funding and go out there and get that application done. They're there to help you through the process. It's not an arduous process. As long as you know what you're trying to do, they're there to help, try to help you get funding for it. So, um, you know, oh, I, I'm excited because as this round closes, you know what that means for us is that we get to actually experience the art that comes out of the funding, and that's something that I think we can all, you know, really get excited about because it, it's amazing. You know how much better we are as a society through uh, all these amazing artworks. So that's what I'm looking forward to for sure.
0: Yeah, you were kind of connoisseur, the artist from the real. <laughs> you know what I said. Camera around and not you be in the arts, you be doing your thing. You know what I'm saying? I got you. I got you. What else we what else we got here? Yo, this is Seattle Department of Education and Early Learning. They got the bag out too, as well, Trey Holiday. They're talking about they got a million dollars for community organizations, man, that can really make something happen, especially for young people. Um in around the space of education. So even like pre-college and, you know, pre-high school, kindergarten and things like that. It's a pretty good opportunity.
1: Yeah, it really is. And, you know... It's necessary. I mean, we've been talking about the educational gap here on Converge and on the Morning Update show for a long time. I know it's one of those kind of pillars that we talk about in terms of some of these gaps that need to be closed. And The idea that, you know, community based organizations and institutions out there can take advantage of this funding up to seventy five thousand dollars for you know, summer programming, we're talking about college readiness, you know, prep for the next school year, uh, making sure that, you know, credit worthiness, like all of that kind of stuff, looking at them getting their credits in terms of their, their high school credits, right? Getting all of that together, I think, um, really is needed. And, you know, because we have seen a, a loss of funding when it comes to, you know, summer schools that were just so open when, when I was going to school, I'm sure it was the same for you all. like when we were going to school, If you needed to go to summer school, it was there. It was available. But that's not really the case right now. So these programs are necessary. Shout out to Deal for, you know, understanding that that necessity and wanting to put money towards it so that we can really fulfill these gaps out here for our students.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm all for the big old lot of kids. (laughs) (laughs) And as Director Hershey said, man, the use is the truth, man. Absolutely <laughs> you know, they are. Hey the, the youth is the truth. So we we had some young people in our in our studio last week, man, from uh, from different programs including the the YAC, the Youth Achievement Center. Hey man, you look at these young people and it's like, man, the youth is the truth. So yeah. definitely want to be supportive of that. Speaking of the youth, Trey Holiday. I guess we'll we'll take a ah uh, do we take a break now? What we do. This is why our director, I miss my director right now. Somebody, what do we do? <laughs> We're going to take a quick break right now. When we come back, listen, don't go nowhere. And if you haven't shared the stream, when we come back, you want to share this stream. This was a very special day out there at the ballpark on Friday. Goodness gracious, man. You know what I'm saying? Buki Gates baseball beyond borders was honored on jackie robinson day it's real dope we're gonna jump into it we'll be right back when COVID first hit i was very afraid
2: there was so much things that i had to keep inside because i didn't know where to place my feelings most of my information for COVID is from my own research i'm a doctor in educational leadership and when the fda approved pfizer it helped me realize that the vaccination is healthy We don't wanna be left behind because we're not taking the vaccine, but we wanna get as much information as possible so that we are putting ourselves in better hands and not at great risk.
1: They have some of the most unique bags, shoes, and accessories. I mean, the whole shebang. It's always a good time when I get to shop with my girl, Faitha. Make sure you go check out Market Street Shoes, y'all, and you too can walk out with some dope gear.
0: All right, (laughs) welcome back to the Morning Update show. I was just thinking, Trey, Holiday. (laughs) It's like, we, we don't have to make no excuses for our home studio because we got the real studio, the Black Media Matter. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, we can kind of be a seat the pants at home because we go to the studio. It's a lot of people who don't have a studio, so their home studio is the business. You know, it's this and that, and the bookcase is perfectly right here. It is a picture of this and that, their kids. And it's like, eh, we we'll just go to Black Media Matter studio tomorrow.
1: Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. (laughs) So thankful for the (laughs) opportunity.
0: (laughs) Good stuff. All right. So, man, you know, sometimes just good, great things are meant to happen. Right. Yeah. So um, Buki Gates, Baseball Beyond Borders. Buki had hit me a a few weeks ago and said, hey, man, you know, it's crazy. The Mariners are going to give us an award. Hometown All-Star, first ever. Right. Hometown All-Star Award. And like we, were, we we talked about covering it, um, but, you know, I mean, our schedule, you know, we're a small staff here and our schedule didn't quite allow. And it was all coming together. Long story short, is like we changed the schedule of almost everybody in this company, including myself, to make sure and be there because, you know, I was like, oh, OK, that's going to be great. And then Bookie was like, yo, man, I can't sit there. And baseball beyond borders be recognized in T-Mobile Park by the Mariners and converge. Not be there. Mm. And, you know, sometimes people just know the right thing to say to me. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? If he would have used a different uh, uh, a batch of words, I'd be like, "All right, bro, send me the video." <laughs> when he said that, I'm like, "Man." Ah. And so we hustled, and we got uh, Francisco Lopez, who is a camera operator on this video. And uh, Brady McAtee, our, our own Brady McAtee, stuck a, a little bit. I did the audio on this. But, man, this right here is something real special, something I'm really proud of, and especially our turnaround time. We turn this around in one day, to be honest with you. This is um, Baseball Beyond Borders, Buki Gates. And this was on Jackie Robinson Day, which was the opening day here at T-Mobile Park in Seattle, as Buki Gates is honored as a hometown all-star.
2: So we're at opening day, Jackie Robinson Day here, at Seattle Mariners T Mobile Park, uh celebrating the life, the legacy of the the one that came before us and Jackie Robinson who paved the way for African Americans to participate in the game of baseball um, at least opened the door and this is a momentous occasion as we celebrate Jackie's Jackie arrival right, right to Major League Baseball 75 years ago but it also came at an expense right it came at the expense of Negro Leagues beginning be dismantled because all the talent was siphoned right to play Major League Baseball so while it was a great opportunity it took away the ecosystem that was created for African-Americans down south when we had the Negro Leagues. And eventually, we're now trying to really find a way to increase that access to African-Americans in baseball. So today is a special day for the organization Baseball Beyond Borders as uh, myself is being honored uh, as a hometown all-star. It's an inaugural award that the Seattle Mariners Community Relations Department is putting forth. Uh, so I'm excited, uh, humbled by the opportunity, but recognize that it's an opportunity to open up the doors and continue to spread the word around the equitable access that's required for African-Americans to participate in the sport of baseball. So the partnership with the Seattle Mariners has been vital, right? It's been an opportunity to really promote the game of baseball and softball to uh, communities of color, uh, particularly African-Americans. They've been able to leverage their platform, utilizing our community platform and working collectively as a unit to really uh, promote the game, right? Getting their baseball players, those of African-American descent to be a part of it. And I think just continues to tell the story to preserve the cultural legacy of blacks in baseball. I want people to know that Baseball beyond Borders is a community-based organization, right, really trying to strive to create access and opportunity for student-athletes to explore their potential. You know, we want to give them the tools and the skills needed to be able to use baseball as a framework for developing their life skills. Visit us on our website, baseballbeyond.org. You can visit us on social media platforms at BBB Inner City. uh, And we look forward to seeing you at a ballpark soon.
0: Trey Holiday?
1: I just gotta say, I mean, this is exactly why I love what we do here at Converge Media. The idea that bookie new like okay great all these other you know media you know teams are going to be out there but it just won't be the same for me if converge is not there it really speaks volumes to the consistent relationship and the continued relationship building that happens here at Converge within our community. You know, we've been uplifting Baseball Beyond Borders for a while, for quite some time, really following their story. And this is such an amazing honor to cast upon Buki Gates, but also Baseball Beyond Borders, the entire organization, everybody who pours their love and passion into it for these young people to see themselves as, you know, baseball players to resurrect. Uh, the legacy of the Negro Leagues and to really share and, and and educate young folks on that history. What a phenomenal organization. But shout out to the Mariners for recognizing Baseball Beyond Borders and recognizing Buki Gates and his commitment to community and to these young folks. I mean, this for me is uh, so heartwarming. But it always reminds me, oh, this is why I love what we do, because we really get to tell these stories like no other because of those relationships that we have in community, because we are community. We come from this. It's 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 in us, not on us. And it really showcases every time that we get the opportunity to highlight and spotlight something so phenomenal as Baseball Beyond Borders in this way. Um, so I'm so glad that you know, uh, Converge team was able to pull this together. What an amazing video, honestly. Shout out to everybody who made this happen with their schedules and shout out to you all for always having that vision to understand. Yeah, nah, we do have to be there. So shout out to everyone. And this was phenomenal.
0: Listen, listen, let me tell you, like, so here's the thing is, you know, I talk on my camera phone collective game and camera phone collective is good. Uh, like, you know, it's, it has to meet parameters, you know what I'm saying? Even in space and this and that, interview, interviewees, everywhere else. I was gonna do it. I was gonna be like, yo, if I can't get no crew, I'm taking this camera phone to T-Mobile and we gonna come up with something dope. But but here's, here's also what that segment people just saw. Francisco Lopez. Francisco came and he shot everything and I was like okay cool I'm gonna take it back there to the studio and edit it when I saw all of Francisco's footage I was like yo I'm gonna do this dude a disservice like as cool as I think I have is at the editing booth I'm not no cinematographer a big time yeah. You editor and so I had to call Brady I called Brady and I was like yo I said Francisco will never work with us again if I'm the one who edits this, because so much of his footage is so dope and it's beyond my skill set. And so Brady was like, yo, no, don't worry, I got it. And so it all worked out really well, you know what I'm saying? Where, where somebody like Francisco came in and like, you know, really was able to capture everything. Buki did his part, Brady did his part, everything else. And again, Converge is able to deliver something good for our community, but also in the uplift, like one of the people who really liked this video, where you seem like on a few different platforms is Bob Kendrick, who is the president of the Negro League um, um, uh, Negro League Museum in the Hall of Fame. You know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. Yeah. Like, I mean, people all over because people want to see that. And, and they're really surprised of what we're doing here in Seattle. So, again, thank you to everybody who's out there. But I got one more baseball thing. I know. I, but, you know, people people watch the show, they get gratitude. They're like, okay, oh, we know it's baseball. We'll do it to you. <laughs> but wanted to go a, just a little bit deeper. This another segment. The best thing is this is all our stuff. And this is a big thank you to everybody out there who supports us here at Converge because we're able to go into our own archives, our own camera crew, our own editors, and everything else. And that's because you guys so this is the power of our story and we 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 shot this last year at at T-Mobile Park and this really is telling the, further telling the story of like how black people baseball was the only sport that black people owned this was a whole not even just a game but a whole economic driver and ecosystem and also tells the story of baseball beyond borders It's through baseball. When we talk about equality and and justice here in America, we have to remember that baseball carried that load. And also, we have to remember what Black America gave up. We gave up the only sport we ever owned. We, We gave up key economic drivers. These amazing teams with these classic uniforms and field stadiums that we owned. We gave up a whole infrastructure, you know, because guess who made the, the, the uniforms? Black people. Guess who sold the concessions? Black people. Guess who sold the tickets? Black people. So Jackie Robinson, go play there in the majors. And now integration's here, but this storied history, of Negro League Baseball perished. We gave up the only sport we ever owned just so we could say that we were equal.
2: Everybody played baseball. Many a days you just ride your bike to the ballpark and have your game. And
0: man, the park would be full, the whole community would be out there. And maybe you get the frontiers, man, you know, playing the Pirates and the Padres. Everybody's in the, in the uh, you know, in, in the park, no hey, nobody, nobody, nobody sweet.
2: We had such a bond of unity and it was such a joy, uh, especially at the all-star time of the year, representing our community. And um, sadly, that, that's that been lost. Growing up in New York is like
0: going up the block. It was like, you didn't see no baseball games in, in Brooklyn going up the block. Like, you to see a baseball game in New York, you either had to go to like an actual professional game or you're going to like somebody's high school. The reason why I started playing is because everybody from my basketball team played baseball in the summer. But then again, as we got older and stuff started to get more serious, I wouldn't see anybody like me. So even when I got up to college, I played at St. George University, I think maybe it was like me and this other kid who was, was black. A lot of black kids just stopped playing baseball for a lot of different reasons. And what Baseball Beyond Borders is doing is really taking these young people and their approach is holistic.
2: We as the elders in the community have a responsibility to help mold these young people. There's not just the baseball, softball, volleyball component. There's the moving beyond 12 component, and that's totally off-field stuff. We are trying to get these kids uh, the same access as everybody else uh, into the same schools. It's not just about sports, it's about education. It's about community
0: building. It's about um, uh, uplifting others. These are neighborhood guys and gals that come together and trying to do something for young people in the community. And as usual, when things start in the community, they're under-resourced, you know, they never really have the budget, never really have the equipment, never really have the transportation, but you know, the legacy of our community is where there's a will, there's a way, and they continuously make good things happen. But you know, we need to lighten the load. I mean, there's a role for everybody, though. So people can share, share on the internet, tell the story. So many things people can do to be supportive. But let's just do that support. Trey Holiday.
1: Well, I just got to say, I love how these pieces really complement each other. Again, this is a real testament to Converge Media following the story of Baseball Beyond Borders, and we've done several stories on them, as we know, that they went to, you know, the, the, the championships, the national championships, and we followed that story. The idea that again, community media has the opportunity to build off of the relationships and be connected to these stories. It really provides a different perspective of how we capture these stories. And, you know, that video never gets old to me, to be honest. I mean, none of the stuff we do does because it has such a unique perspective and a whole vibe that really encompasses the entire video. You know, shout out to everybody who works with us to make these things possible. But I know that when when we talked about Converge, so much of it was how do we tell these stories and do it in a really dynamic way that is compelling? And every single piece that we come out with has that compelling nature to it. And this one definitely sets a bar, it sets a tone for following Baseball Beyond Borders and their story as it evolves. And as we get to see these young folks, you know, be embedded in, in their communities like this with this opportunity. Oh, I, I, I love that. We played both of those back to back. They're so complementary to each other. And again, a real testament to Converge being connected to community.
0: Yeah. And, you know, my my teach, Barbara Nielsen, said she's seen that one four times.
1: So <laughs> i one
0: making, making number five right there. But, you know, I, w- I was just, just thinking aloud here um, while I was playing as I was like, you know what? Converge is pretty dope. <laughs> and that like, you know, I move fast, man. I move so fast across everything. And you don't really get to soak it up. But like, I mean, like the, the quality, the 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 look, the feel, the conversation is just like, man, we're 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 producing top notch stuff for our community. And if it goes beyond, that's great. But imagine that it's like our expectation is that we just turn in amazing work for our community and for our community to consume. So, you know what I'm saying? We got ways to go, but I I think that we're doing pretty good.
1: Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Uh, Doing, uh, very good. Right. I mean, we don't toot our own horn often because, again, like you said, oh, we be busy. Our nose is to the ground. We are staying on our dean when it comes to what we're here to do. And sometimes it doesn't allow us to step back and really take, you know, ownership and be pr- proud of like what we do and like just encompass what we're creating at the same time. But I will say that I hear from community all the time. I mean, here it is. converges the GOAT. We hear it from the people because we really are doing something that is so unique and so on point that, you know, our community, it resonates with them. Because, uh, you know, in all these years, you know, there's been other forms of media. But to do it in this video format and to pull together these mini documentaries, honestly, is phenomenal. You know, we're telling stories. It goes above journalism. It's really a real connection that I, I know for me. That's why it resonates with me so well, all the things that we really produce. And I will say that, you know, there's no better team to be a part of in terms of of, a piece of, you know, my energy being poured into this effort here at Converge. Just always ever grateful that I get to be here on the team and, you know, experience these things that we're creating that are phenomenal and they're top notch, you know. They're not just like, oh, you know, we just got out here. We pulled some stuff together. Oh, no, my friend. You know, hey, maybe you're not the cinematographer, but you work with some amazing ones, and you work with some great editors uh, who pull these things together. And even when you do it, my friend, it's great. So I'm going to tell you right now, like, I'm, I'm a fan. Not only am I working with Converge, but I'm truly a fan.
0: Oh, man, that's that's what's up. You know, I yeah, it's... It's crazy, you know, this month going into the month of May is um, is year number six. So, you know, a, a paper August 18th will be year number five officially. Uh, converged so August 18th, 2017. 2017 is when we filed or whatever with, with the state. So, that's gonna be five years, but May is six years, uh, the May of this year, this is six years. And it's crazy because this is, we're thriving in our purpose. We're doing yeah. it exactly six years ago. So six years ago, by the way, there was just, there was absolutely nothing. And they, it was just, it was really an iPhone, you know what I'm saying? And talking with Eric Calligraphy. So everywhere, everything that we're doing right now was was just a thought of like what can be, and it's amazing to be in this moment, and we're doing exactly what we said we was going to do six years ago, and you know, without knowing what it's going to look like, what it's going to smell like, where it's going to broadcast at, you know, or this or that, anything else, but we're we're thriving in our purpose in this moment, and it's amazing. It's it's amazing. And anybody who's out there listening. And, like, you trying to do something or start something, man, speak it into existence. Be bold. Speak it out there because every single thing Converge does right now. Spoke it out six years ago, you know? I said we're going to be a leader in content creation in the Pacific Northwest, uplifting Black voices in a Black community. Like, I said that six years ago. We're not there no studio, no... No no office, no nothing, no anything. It said that six years ago and it's happening right now. And I just tell people, man, be bold, speak it into existence.
1: That's right. Absolutely. And I think you have to be guided uh, when you're taking on a major endeavor like this. You know, one of the things that I'm really learning is before we have anything, we see it right. We visualize it. And so it starts with you visualizing, man. You got to visualize to realize. And so much of it is you dreaming it up as big as you can possibly imagine in your head. And then understanding the steps that are needed to get there. And I love that we started the way that we did because it was just like, hey, man, we need to be out here in the community telling these stories. Right. iPhone collective. We were camera phone collective out here. We were just out here telling stories. We were popping up. You know, we finally got those uh, stick mics. You know what I mean? We were just popping up at different places, telling the stories. And ultimately, we knew that it was important to tell these stories. And that was a main driver for you know all of the successes that we see today you know getting awards and being a part of mohai and being you know this major uh factor for the pacific northwest with how we you know capture black stories It's one of a kind. And, you know, I I love that you say that because when we imagine it, we can become it, you know, right. So I agree with you. Oh, like, just know what you want to do. Laser in, you know, you do have to have laser focus, you know, uh, you know, Omari really sets a, a tone for how we work here at converge because um, you work very tight. You work hard, man. We see it behind the scenes. It takes that kind of hard work and dedication to make something like this happen. None of it is overnight. And yet every single day it's putting our best foot forward. And I love how we were just talking about this last week, you know, when we were at the very first the very first morning update shows and it was like man even if we only got two people watching we got to act like it's 2 million we got to always produce amazing product every day and that's really a testament to how you get to a place like this because no matter what that's always been the nucleus for how we move so you know you're absolutely right oh
0: man Man, man, man. Yeah, I get all nostalgic with Trey That <laughs> We go way back. You know? <laughs> we, 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 tell people, we go back like racism. <laughs> we go way back. <laughs> we, we go way, way back. And look, we're going to take a quick break right now. We thought we were going to get to some poll numbers today, but I think that it's actually probably a good thing because we can do a more comprehensive show on that. But we're going to take a quick break right now with a few more updates, and we're going to get out of here. You're watching.
1: As a non-binary Black femme, a lot of my identity is rooted in body once the vaccine was introduced. It was really difficult to think in terms of safety as well as autonomy. As a Black American, the relationship with government is very complicated. It's hard to trust, a lot of these conspiracies are really impacting people making a decision, especially with Black folks, to be clear about what we're doing. I think it's just a well-rounded conversation to see what's best for us.
0: Don't stop now, Trey. I saw you in the green room when it was playing. You were sitting up there like,
1: ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Always swaying, man. Always swearing yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yo. Hey, so look, I'm gonna just put this up here. We don't we don't have time to talk about it today, but uh the Pew, and let me see if I can find the link here. Everybody's gonna be mad if I don't. Like, oh, I was playing with us? Ta-da, I found it. So Pew Research Center. They put out a lot of um, information here, just talking to black folk. And we were saying the other day about how uh, there's not enough research out there when they do these polls and stuff about black people. But um, just one, two things here real quick before we get out of here, is it was said that most black adults say being black is very important to how they see themselves. And, you know, of course there's is a comparison maybe to other people who their, their race and their identity isn't necessarily as important as how they see themselves. This is something that we've known all along, you know what I'm saying? And then one other one here that I wanna share with you Trey Holiday, is that about half of black adults say their fates are strongly linked with other black people in the U.S. And so, you know, the top part here is is like you know your fate is tied with black people in your community, black people in the U.S., black people in the world. But look at down here in the bottom part, where where uh, about half of black adults was looked at thirty four percent, but it's still tied with others. So yeah, there's more than half. They say that everything or most things in common with black people who are poor. So poor black people really identify with say that their fates are strongly linked with other black people and especially poor black people.
1: Yeah, this is exactly why we talk about class, um, classism. Uh, kind of form of like oppression or, you know, we talk about racism and how it it plays out. Classism is definitely one of those things. I mean, you know, when we look at some of the history, we see that poor people um, collectively coming together have uh, so many more things in common beyond their race. So I understand this often. I mean, oh, I think that this, this some of this data, I can't wait to dive into it this week because it really reflects a lot of the things that we talk about in communities when we talk about Why we need that strong sense of collectiveness. Right. Um, You know, from from those that understand a lot of these kind of systemic oppression and these uh, oppressive systems, um, uh, you know, the ways that they play out in our daily lives. I mean, this there's so much to dive into here with these numbers. I'm really looking forward to it because I'll tell you right now, you know, seeing this uh, this study right here was just a reflection of me saying, and this is what so many of us have been talking about for decades, generations, right? And it also bodes well with what we've seen historically when we talk about the roaring towns of the 20s, right? That was a bunch of freed, you know, enslaved Black Americans that, you know, got together and collectively built towns because they understood that there was some continuity in their struggle and in what they were experiencing as American life. Um, And so they pulled their own resources together. They pulled themselves together and their brilliance to make those black towns happen. And I I love using that as an example here of this, because here we are all of these years later, still experiencing that type of collective nature here. These numbers don't surprise me at all.
0: Yeah, well, you know, <laughs> they're there though, so, so we're, we're able to give them a dive. Um, we're gonna get out of here, but tomorrow, tomorrow, big day. Tomorrow, you know, it, it' mandatory. I know you got a hall pass for today to be at home, and so did I. But tomorrow, is mandatory because the Pacific Northwest Ballet is coming to the Black Media Matter Studios in out First of all, Jonathan, but Tista, <laughs> stock with Pacific Northwest Ballet, and also Angelica Generosa. They'll both be in the house tomorrow. I know how you get when the ballet dancers come there to the studio. So I'm gonna give you a lot of space and grace. I might even stay here on virtual. Because <laughs> I know how you are, but man, Pacific Northwest Ballet is in the house tomorrow, man. <laughs>
1: You know what? I'm I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm so excited that they're coming. Uh, I did get to take some time on Saturday and see them perform in Swan Lake. And of course, you know, I have so much to say about that. So I'm looking forward to diving into the discussion with what got them started, what inspires them and so much more tomorrow. I am truly looking forward to it. And I will say they were top notch phenomenal.
0: So you went to saw Swan Lake without me?
1: <laughs> Look, I, you were gone. Look, they were performing no, that day. Bayana. I had to see them both.
0: <laughs> Bayana, Listen, you, you mean? I, come on, man. You know what I'm saying? Like, this this guy stuff. you go to all the shows without me. It's this and that, all these things. I'm sure because it was you, they had the ballet swag bag for you and everything. You probably we got some ballet slippers and something to go on and a t-shirt.
1: <sighs> Look, it was none of that. Okay, so Don't so,
0: so basically, when when Jonathan and Angelica arrive tomorrow, they're gonna be like, "Oh, day holiday fan <laughs> band, what's up? Good to see you, right?" And then with me, they're gonna be like, "Oh, well, who's this guy?" <laughs> It is. Do
1: not sell yourself short. <laughs> Everybody knows who you are, Omari.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, you know, I I will say this though. I say all of that to say that it's pretty dope that the Pacific Northwest Ballet is, you know, I mean I say two things here, Trey Holiday. And I'm sorry, it's gonna take us over time. We was doing really good, but I think it's important. Is one the Pacific Northwest ballet, yeah, they're reaching out to to like us and all kinds of other media and everything else. Cause it's important like Swan Lakes is a good story. It's like Nightcracker, it's a good story. Like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, um, so that's dope. But let me tell you something else. And I need to talk to Leah over there at Pacific Northwest Ballet. And I need to talk to some of our other partners and some of these other um uh, uh, theaters. I got a feeling that Seattle is unique and I got a feeling that a lot of these productions, so some productions are local here, of course, and some productions travel, but especially the traveling productions, I got a feeling that there's something special when they come to Seattle because they go all across America and they might not ever touch, damn sit down or interview in something like the Black Media Matters studio. So it kind of goes both ways. You know what I'm saying? And that the actual, these artists, these uh, opera singers, these ballet dancers, these actors and actresses, they come to a special place when they come to us.
1: I agree. And you know what? It is uh, actually something that we've heard from several performers that have graced the Black Media Matter studios, is uh, particularly those that are traveling across the country and have been in other places in the world. Um, There is something very special about them coming to the Black Media Matter studios. And honestly, um, I I give a huge shout out to all of our live performance partners um, that have been saying, we need to get cast members, we need to get crew dancers, opera singers, whatever, we need to get them to the Converge studios. We need to get them down there to Black Media Matter studios because it is important not only that they do some of the major junkets and you know, okay, they're doing that, but there's something really special about them coming in. So I agree with you. Oh, this is things that we've actually heard from performers themselves. So it is a real testament. I'm, I'm excited to have these two join us tomorrow. I'm telling you, because I know that they, they'll be able to experience that as well.
0: All right. Good stuff. All right, child. They were officially one minute overtime. Any last words before we get out of here?
1: Oh, always for me, see yourself as a part of the solution. It's clear that Baseball Beyond Borders, Buki Gates took his love of baseball and brought it out into the community like this. So when I tell you that it doesn't matter what it is that you love, what it is that is a passion of yours, there is a way for you to do it in a community-centric approach and also be weaving solutions out of the talents that you have and out of your own interests. Man, be inspired. See yourself as a part of the solution.
0: All right, good stuff. So I'm letting everybody know that yeah, so Salman's so off today, so I don't have our Shayna Shepherd, uh, outro. I don't have hope on this computer, so <laughs> I'm playing. I'm gonna play the Trey Holiday Feel Good Friday outro here. <laughs> Just give me a heads up so you're not surprised, but <laughs> we'll, we'll get you out of here either way. But man, exciting show tomorrow. Like I said, we got the Pacific Northwest Ballet in the building tomorrow. We're talking about Swan Lake. So definitely want to join us there, and you'll see both of us. Imagine that reunited (laughs) you'll see both me and trey holiday in the black media matter studios tomorrow and all that no i want to remind you go forward in your purpose go forward in your humanity and until tomorrow at 11 a.m
1: peace Peace. converge media produces culturally relevant content for black and urban audiences coverage is raw transparent and objective praised by community leaders government officials and residents support converge media today via venmo cash app or paypal at converge media